spidey senses tingling. We can build our dreams together, standing strong forever. Nothing's going to stop us now. If the world runs out of lovers, we'll still have Slim, the host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 147. Welcome to the show, uh, paperkeg.com. We talk about comic books that we've read this week, and we'll do a book club. Uh, uh, and we'll talk about the books that we read this week as well. Uh, book club this week, Dale's Boy, Spidey, Family Business. Uh, Dale underscore A. He's a host of this show. Podcast Bad Boy. Uh, Fave Phenom. He's been called. People love peanut butter milkshakes, Slim. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> love a lot of faves on that one, I guess. By that comment. That's pretty surprising. Uh, fave. Fave Czar of Twitter, Dale underscore. Welcome back. Thank you. It is good to be here. I uh, didn't think we we're going to be able to put the, pull this together, but it's always good on uh, a Thursday night recording. You know, you get it out of the way. You got your whole weekend ahead of you for you know doing whatever you want to do. Right. Falling asleep at eight o'clock, whatever. Falling asleep right after this recording, drinking some more caramel mm. vodkas. As they I say. am catching the the public transit bus up to Bloomfield, Missouri, <laughs> so I can drink too. Uh, our final living host, I poop on the bus like our friend Ad Custom on Twitter. Dear friend, public transit pooping. Uh, he's an unpublished writer. Yep, by choice. He has been called uh, Vampiro, judging by his pale skin tone. Uh, Dale, uh, Dale has called him co-host on Book Chug, another podcast that's out there. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for having me, uh, and I want to suck your blood because I'm a vampire. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. From the Monster Squad, yeah. I'm surprised, uh, slicked back. Surprised this camera even picks me up right now. <laughs> uh, what a show. We're going back to Spider-Man for our book club this week. After our huge break from Marvel. <laughs> uh, we did eight episodes in a row, I think is what the numbers say, of Marvel Comics, and we've gone back after a little break. Little known fact... Do I want to say what the original book club for this episode was, or should we keep it a secret? Please. Should we keep no, it a secret? It. Pull back that curtain. Faith, you know? Um, you can reveal... Well, you can reveal it. It's gonna. It's just being pushed... It's being postponed is all, you know? Till when we have a, a free month. Get your purchase fingers ready for Fury... <laughs> Hovering. Max. Just throwing it out there. But we'll talk about that another, another episode... Spider-Man, yeah. Family Business, Mark Wade, Jonesy's Boy, mm. Gabriel Del Otto, doing mm. paints. We'll get into it later. OGN. Big news in comics this, uh, this afternoon. Should we get into what it? What news? Big news. Let's resurrect that news. Nears. Dale, do we have any news that we should get into? Uh, yeah, we got some news that I think uh, com- a couple people would be interested in hearing, including that vodka and caramel <laughs> cider you have there. 90% vodka. Uh, <laughs> Comixology, the uh, premier leader in digital comics, has been acquired by the one, the only, Amazon.com. Spoilers. Spoilers, uh, uh, Slim... 
works for Comixology. His views do not represent the company <laughs> or Amazon's views. Or Amazon yeah, technically, views of an actual technically Amazon. or Amazon's views now. I'm an Amazonian. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. What does that mean for this podcast? Amazon can just acquire uh, us. Spoilers, last episode of Paper Cake ever. Just want to throw that out there. I wanted to bring that up on the show. That we don't get paid for. Am I right, boys? <laughs> Dale, hey, everybody. Yeah, so uh, this is, I mean, this is huge news. Don't hold uh, back. Mr. Don't Andrews, hold back. You can't, you can't check back uh, hardcovers as a way to get paid your salary, sir. That's that's not an option. Well, we'll see. I've been talking to the, mon- the money men about that. Don't hold back man. because I'm a dear friend and then I work for Comixology. Just pretend that I'm not here and that Mark Farrington is raised from the dead, and he's sitting before you. Yeah, so it would be the three of us talking, and without you. Um, yeah, well, the news broke. Com- Amazon buys Comixology. That's, it's logical. I think it's a great decision. I mean, Amazon, in my eyes, has done no wrong, obviously. But, I mean, if you look at the other companies that Amazon has acquired in the past or, or owned or started. Uh, examples being like Zappos or Audible is probably a, a very close comparison to Comixology. It's kind of still their own thing with very loose ties to Amazon. I mean, the uh, single sign-on kind of Amazon credential thing is a is a really good thing, but otherwise it's kind of like their own their own monster still and comicsology I, I don't see it being it bad i don't i don't worry about the you know did do you own the comics and stuff like that's like super hairy and i don't really care about it i don't have any fears about it i should say well, I, my one comment would be um haters to the left <laughs> uh and here's the deal if we love comics, and not just me, and not just Dale, not just Matt, as much as we say we do, and we love the meeting, uh, medium, and we're willing to come and share an hour of our ha- uh, hour and a half of our lives every week, and read, and because we love it so much, why would we not want the opportunity to have exposure to a much bigger market to buy comic books? Uh, you know, everybody, everybody who's in comics always talks about the comics death knell and how they're just barely scraping by. And this is an opportunity to sell not the movies and not all the tie-ins, but to sell the material that we read every week and every month that we love and to give it to more people and to, ha- to have that part of the medium grow in ways that we want to see as readers. So, I mean, this is nothing but the next step so that when I'm, you know, 40 and my son's a teenager, comic books are still around and people are getting paid money to write them. And I can enjoy that with him. Bendis so money. anything, any Bendis money, six fifty a year, child. You know, that's that's what I want to see. And this is this is such a huge step in that direction. So haters to the left, babe. I mean, this is one of the biggest things and greatest things that happen. Yeah, I mean, and really kind of when you think about it, Amazon has been selling digital comics for quite a while now, single issues and collections and and graphic novels, but I think they just saw value in, you know, maybe they weren't doing quite the job that they thought they were going to do by breaking into this market and, and being a player in the game, so they bought the player in the game. I mean, there's that's the that's price of doing business, baby. I mean... You want your best girl? You got to ice her up. You know, you, they've been selling. They've been selling single issues for probably almost. I don't know. I, I, I put no facts behind that. I was going to say probably almost as long as Jonesy facts. As yeah, as Amazon as Comicsology. But I think when DC went uh, day and date digital, they Amazon was close to selling DC books right after Comicsology was. I mean, they've been doing it for a while, but they're just not. I guess. Uh, breaking in or making a dent like maybe they thought they were and maybe that's because they're offering inside the kindle app maybe it's not a, as good experience and maybe people just want their comics inside you know all, all condensed into their comics app you know rather than being spread I, across i want that whatever you just said it sounded so good i wanted it jonesy's drunk on vodka too 
I mean, it's somehow drinking it's, vodka under the table right now. <laughs> we just can't even see it. I'm just injecting it uh, intravenously. Is I that mean, a word? Intravenous? Intra? Intra? I said no, intra, I thought you said intro. I mean, there's probably a ton of things that we should be talking or asking about. I'm not so sure what we should be hitting, though. I mean, I, I just think it's good. I'm not in the camp where I've seen some poop on Twitter and stuff. I don't think... I'm just not in that corner. I don't. I'm not. I don't believe that this is a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I'm a listen. No, nobody is putting a gun to somebody's head and saying you have to buy comics or comicsology. So if you're going to be a wine box, be a wine box somewhere else, and don't try to bring down everybody with your negativity, your mag negativity, if you will. I mean, that's at at some point that's kind of like the goal, right, of starting a business. You start a business to be recognized and maybe get bought out by the big guy. And, no, and get no, some they're of their... starting a business to make no money and to, that's it. And people are idiots. And, and get some of the Amazon infrastructure behind Comixology, the Amazon power of uh, branding and, and the ability to, you know, when people think of comics, they think of Comixology. Like Amazon can help. A great deal with that. That's it's fantastic news. It's fantastic news. I believe. So let me get back in the room. Oh, thank you for letting me back in. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for unlocking the door. I mean, Slim, uh, is there anything that you can or want to say? I mean, the the PR stuff and David's uh, message from the CEO cover a lot of it. And I mean, I personally, when I first started working in Comicsology, I wanted our customer service and customer experience to match that of Amazon's. I mean, if you ever have any kind of customer service stuff relating to Amazon, they'll do whatever it takes to make that experience just the all the better for you and for you to stay there. And they saw that in us, and they saw that we had that passion and experience for comic books, and they wanted to be a part of that. They wanted us to be a part of Amazon. And, I mean, I can't think of any possible negative with that. And... Obviously, that's coming from someone that works for Comixology, but, mm-hmm. you know, I remember way back, I wrote on my, my blog ages ago when I was just one of those, I think I call myself a digital comics evangelist, quote, and I wondered why Amazon wasn't getting into the comic, the digital comics game, and I just read that blog post this morning, and um, and now they are. They, they, they want Comixology to be their audible of comic books mm-hmm. where they're good reads of comic books and i'm totally okay with that i mean if you i obviously am totally okay with that they t- amazon is a great company i i Absolutely. i use amazon all the time and i know you guys do too i just think about when you look up uh, you know i don't know daredevil frank miller's daredevil or something there's or or more, better yet um think of a book in cold blood for instance by truman capote the next book chug book club book you look that up on Amazon, right there next to the price is uh, where you can find it on Amazon. There's a little box where you can buy the audio version at audible.com. There's the there's a little box where you can buy it on Kindle. Just think about, you know, the box being there where you can buy it on Comixology right there. It's Imagine, poss- very possible. Who knows? I, would, I want to spin this to you right now. And I, I'm, I'm a spinner of great ideas. And, you know, sure. you don't need Comixology and Amazon. You don't need to pay me for this. This is all free IP for you. <laughs> Can you imagine a young kid, maybe 12 years old, who has never read a comic, goes and sees Captain America 2 and loves it. He goes to Amazon to acquire it digitally, and next to it is a Comixology icon badge or whatever you call it that says, you want to read Captain America comics? Click here. He's, he loves the movie, knows nothing about comics, but that's his open window and discovering comic books for the first time. How can you not be absolutely in love with that idea? You can't. I I I'm I'm in love with it. Sure, sure. I mean, Amazon, call me. <laughs> call <laughs> call at Jonesy loves beer on the Twitter right now. <laughs> DM him if possible. I don't know. He, that uh, he will come no, into your life and oh, take dude. charge and probably uh, cuss at you in the parking lot on his way to the <laughs> office every and day. throw his <laughs> trunk beers at you. <laughs> God, it was years ago. I've grown up since then. It's now truck beers. They're in the bed of the Oh, park. look out. Fancy pants beer Ooh, okay. over here. No, I mean, I'm super excited. Um, I mean, 
I am not among the. I think I think there's a certain portion of the comics community that just is not happy unless they're angry, right? And I I I used to be a part of that, and I eventually had a moment where I just couldn't deal with negativity anymore. And and there's not enough hours in the day for me. And honestly, probably in this instance, that those same people probably never bought from Comicsology to begin with, and they're worried about whether they. I mean, before Amazon ever purchased any digital comics company, they would have worried about whether they had ownership of the digital comics or not. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the, uh, the naysayers are going to naysay, and they're going to be the most vocal about it. Sure, they're going to subtweet like sub-tweet. Jonesy loves beer, king of the subtweets. <laughs> oh my gosh! Sometimes I just subtweet, subtweet. That's what actually I love you're best. not. I don't think you are the king of the subtweet. You're. I think. De- uh, John Garvey is the king of the subtweet. Oh man, if I could have just counted all the times he tweeted just the word "drink" today. Oh no! Oh my god, I'm, I'd I'm be behind dead. on the Twitter. Is that what you're doing right now? Is you're you're drinking every time he subtweets? Because if that's the case, I'm calling nine one. That is that is why I'm waiting. drinking. Mm-hmm. Don Garvey. I'm not sure. Maybe let's just set the stage for the new listener. Let's say you're a new listener. Don Garvey is this podcast maestro. He's got this network of podcasts. The Garkitect. Echo Rift. He's been called the Garkitect of podcasts. He just launched this comic tango with our dear friend Dan Panooch, mm. comics journalist. Great man. Which uh, I'm going to set the stage open now for Jonesy to apologize about a comment he made last week uh, <laughs> calling the, oh, man, the we're comic bringing tango back by weekly apology. Yeah, Call, I, I, it, you know what? Mi- quote you minor what. leaguers. In, in order to take a dig at Echo Rift for never having me on, I did refer to Comics Tango as minor league. But I will have to say that Panooch, who has guest hosted this program because he's so GD great, is uh, in no way minor. Uh, you know, he he's a major in my heart, and that's all that needs to be said about that. I got news for you, major. We're running out of tape right now. Whoa! Okay. Whoa. Captain Thank Tape you. Uh, Major. Thank you very much. Tape Major. Uh, as Dale said, we're running out of tape. We got to get into the comic talk. We're running out of time. This caramel vodka is halfway done, so that oh, means oh the episode is halfway done. We got to pick up the pace before we lose Slim all completely together. I'm going to be asleep by the time we get to the fireside. Do you want to do two lightning rounds so no, that we can let's motor not get through crazy. It? Let's not get crazy here. There we go. Please, please, program director. Please, Jersey. Vampiro. Cool out. You'll get your blood soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> what was a book that you read this week? Jonesy loves beer. We can't talk about comics this week and not talk about Invincible. Uh, issue Man. number oh, 110. Man alive. Uh, the, really, Man alive. Uh, the really awful, uh, you know, perturbing ending. I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, so, y'all, listen up. Uh, you know, Invincible comes back from that parallel universe and Adam Eve is like, uh-uh, I'm done. It's been six months. We got a baby on the way. You, you're a poison. Anytime oh. I'm around you, people get hurt. And how am I going to tell our kid that, you know, daddy disappears a lot and one day he's going to disappear and never come back. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. You know, you know, the women's are very, she's upset. Yeah, she's upset when they say they're comp. I mean, that's like a warning sign. I mean, I'm not some kind of relationship expert, but I can tell you that one for free. So uh, she's like, get out, bro. And he's like, okay, but I'm going to make this up to you. And she's like, yeah, whatever. So he's flying away. And some random vitramite chick is like, hey, uh, everybody's mating except for me. So you and I, we're going to mate. We're going to get this over with right now. And he's like, uh, no, thank you. And she's like, you don't understand. This is happening. <laughs> so they have an air battle. And she, like, sucker punches him, pile drives him, and creates a crater. And then super speeds both their clothes off. And then proceeds to hard R him into the earth itself. <laughs> and then she pretty much throws her tattered costume onto him tells the man up clean up and she'll be back for more have a nice day the craziest issue of a comic book that i've ever read it's uh wow i i don't read invincible but when i was in the shop um i gave 
uh, Patrick Titus the uh, carte blanche to spoil it for me because show sponsor I don't read it yeah of the comic book shop in Delaware and I was taken aback at what I saw I don't think that's ever happened in a comic book bef- in a comic book before why now I saw maybe one or two tweets about it but where is the army you can't it's ta- it's like taboo. What do you say about a you dude even, getting hard art in a comic book? Which is a, it's never happened before. But it, it's never happened, and it's a bad thing, regardless. Where is the fanfare about I, this? I, th- I think there's this flew under the radar, and I think as soon as DC Women Kicking A gets it, it's, <laughs> there's going to be a campaign to burn down Kirkman's house. And crucify him in a, in a, a it's size triple X invisible this is, costume. Did you this see? isn't even to sound snarky, but what do you even do in real life when a guy that you know has been hard hard? It's never happened. I mean, not that you're aware of, right? It's just his new territory. I, uh, I Jones, was Dale. Uh, have you ever known anybody that's been uh, <laughs> well, in no. that position by, like Invincible? Invincible. No, but I'm not going <laughs> to make light of it. It's bad. It's got to be bad. I'm yeah, just saying, this is like new. Did you see him? He was like curled up on the last yeah, page. Yeah, he was there. crying. He cried the whole time that she was having her way with him. Poor guy. Did you? I read, you know, people tweeting about this. And I, so I, I was like 10 issues back. I had to catch myself up. I took my lunch break and I read nine issues of Invincible and caught up to this issue. And uh, let's, first of all, aside from the R-ing, Right. Ryan Otley's Let's talk R. about the other R. Yeah, Ryan. the real R. The real Soft R. <laughs> Ryan Otley. His art. My God. Maybe one of the most unappreciated artists in the industry right now. Thank you. I, I mean, Invincible aside, I see his, he, he sketched some Spider-Man. He just tweeted out. <laughs> God. Can you imagine him doing a new Spider-Man title or just hopping on Amazing mm. Four Issues? People's brains would combust. I I was out. If you ride past like a big farm Swip. and you see that big farm sprinkler that's like fifteen feet tall, <laughs> yeah, it would just be me. I would just be feeding the crops. You know what I mean? Because that guy is thresher good. underscore a. You would be threshing uh, that comic right. book immediately. No, but uh, I Ryan Eiley, I don't know how he does it on a monthly basis, but you know that we have to come back to the. The female to male aring. I mean, I've never seen. I don't. Even, I don't know how to react to it. Yeah, that, you're that's right. Not to make me sound like a bad guy. I don't know how to react right. to you, it. No, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I was just shocked. I was shocked. I'm surprised it was never an episode of uh, Veronica Mars because there is a <laughs> lot of aring in Veronica Mars. Yeah, you and I had a private conversation the other night about mm-hmm. Veronica Mars. We did, and you confided in me that. I think every episode of Veronica Mars, she's solving an R-ing She's solving in her school. Yes, it's uh, solving hard R's uh, con- on a consistent basis. I mean, that's all it is. It's R. It's high school is R-ing, uh being in a motorcycle gang, <laughs> and murder. That's all. That's all it is. What kind of high school does she go to where that's her gig? Is that what the plot of the new movie was? Um, Somebody get it. art on a motorcycle? <laughs> Two of those three, Whilst three murdering? things were in it. Two of those three <laughs> things. No, you know what? Maybe. F- no. Clearly, there were all three things were in that movie. There was God some R going on. Let's cool it out, Veronica. Calm down, Veronica. <laughs> Please. Uh, but yeah, we just spent like 20 minutes on Invincible. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. You know, and the, I haven't read one article. Not that I'm really looking, but usually it pops in front of me at some point. We're uh, we're deflecting because we're just so, so we don't know how to react. I'd rather us not know how to react than react inappropriately. Mm-hmm. If I can be honest with you, yeah. Usually we leave that up to Vampiro to you know, yeah. Generally talking about him trying to s on feminists and really just creating a bad stink and a bad vibe. J bags. Everyone is a J bag. This J bag. That numb nuts. Yeah, it's it's not pleasant. Uh, my turn Get to talk. It. Get in it. It's, it's going to be a tough moment because I accidentally deleted a, what I had read this week, so now I'm trying to figure out. Um, 
All new X Men twenty five. Quote, jam band of artists. Brian Michael Bendis, he's got a lot of friends, a lot of talented friends, art friends. Yes, he does. So he invited them all to do some work on this big 25th issue for all new X-Men. Big uh, $5 issue, for the record. (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, um, If you're not caught up, I'm going to spoil it for you. Beast has had enough of this uh, militaristic Scott Summers. You know, he's killed Professor X. He's trying to take mutant dumb to the forefront. And he's like, uh-uh, puppy. I'm bringing back your old self from the past into the future to show you how much of an ass you are. So now this issue opens up with him in bed talking to this bald, shadowy figure about maybe he screwed up. And this bald, shadowy figure shows him possible futures that he's now created for himself and possible futures that he's not going to have. And the way that it's drawn out is these other guest artists come on and do like a huge splash page of a scene in a possible future with a character or he brings kind of like popular Tumblr cartoonists to do kind of like a gag panel between two characters that happen in the future and stuff like that. And... I mean, it was really weird, but I really liked it. I mean, there's there's no way that it should have worked. A lot of the pages just could have been pinups at the back of an issue. But he added text on it, so it became kind of like a part of the story. And I really liked it. Did you read it, Dale? Um, <clears throat> I did not read it, but I thumbed through it. It looked really swell. Um, I'm trying to think what the last time they did a jam band. They experimented with that maybe last year. I remember a Katie Cook page. Of something I can't remember what it was, but I like the concept. I mean, the five dollar price point kind of gets me a little humdrummy. But I mean, it's Bendis. It's the all new X Men. You, uh, your boy. You can't go wrong. He's my boy. Bendy money. Yeah. What did you say he makes a year? Six hundred grand. Six fifty six thousand. Yeah. 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 Thousand. Easy. Jonesy used his abacus to find that information. Through darts and a dartboard. <laughs> I did. Um, I was shocked. You know, they reveal the bald, shadowy figure, who I thought was somebody, but it didn't turn out to be the case at the end. Uh, so it was kind of shocking. Did it just turn out to be somebody lame, or was it equally effective for other reasons? Mm. Lame. I mean, was it was lame? effective for other reasons, but I'm not going to say it wasn't lame necessarily. Okay. I'm going li- to leave it right there. I'm going to let it marinate. Yeah. In your brain. Dale, please. What did you read this week? I read... Listen. Listen to me. Listen. Iron Fist, The Living Weapon. Car Andrews. Car Andrews on writing and art. And this book... Is up there with She-Hulk, Hawkeye. Wow. I was... I was completely impressed with Iron Fist, Danny Rand. And this book is a a jumping on point. It starts with... um, When we read the Iron Fist for the book club, Matt Fraction and Brubaker's Iron Fist, Mm, there was all those allusions to his family getting stuck in the snow and finding Kun Loon, but it was not very hit upon. Well, Danny Rand in this book is kind of numb. He's been sort of dead inside for some time. He doesn't live for very much anymore, and it's and it's because of his time in Kun Loon and the, uh, the sort of double-cross slash madness that his father went through, almost killing his family as they searched for Kunlun in this snowy this snowy um mountainside like in the middle of nowhere. And he's kind of getting through just eking by through life. He's he ends up like betting a woman Ooh. and she might as well have been R and him because he's just kinda like laying there. He's popping pills. He's just laying there, taking it. He doesn't like even iron really fish. 
and uh, the only thing that lights him up, it's really absurd because he has all this inner monologue, and then, you know, she's about to come on to him again because he's real, like, frumpy, and he's and she's like, I know what you need. And then he, like, jumps out of his 40-story window and ends up doing, like, doing combat with ninjas in midair. Oh, oh. The art is completely amazing in this book. It totally works. And by the end, you come to find out the ninjas are looking for a woman who is a representative of Kun Loon. And she, the woman reaches the Iron Fist and says, as she's got like 40 arrows in her back, they found her obviously, but not before the fact that Kun Loon needs Danny Rand and he needs to come back. And I, I mean, there's just these embodiments in the panels, the embodiment of the Iron Fist, how he, the, he, he can, you know, it was basically his hands light on fire with this magical energy of the dragon soul. And it's just, it's just kinetic, it's energetic, the way it's paneled out to where it's just his fist, and then it like lights a blaze, and then he just takes down this helicopter with it. It's amazing. I loved it. And uh, in the back of the book, Carr Andrews has a little half-page article about how he was completely enamored with Steranko's Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., like back in the 70s. He bought it. Yeah with all of his allowance money, and it was this whole, it was this basically this love letter to how comics these days are so segmented that he's not saying they're bad, but Steranko, basically Steranko was onto something, and the guy who can write the story, who can draw the story, who can do the art for the story, who can design the story, who can design the title page and everything, it all matters, and it's all cohesive kind of thing that makes the chemistry of a book like something very special and i'm behind it i mean i'm subscribing to this sucker because i was i was wow i was completely impressed the art was gorgeous the colors were gorgeous i loved it i loved it yeah, i'm excited to see what happens very little not to like about this book i uh i bought it thinking i was not going to like it because i figured mm-hmm. oh i love that remendo stuff so much uh i don't think this is going to live up to the hype and, and uh, it did. It did in every way. Oh, it was so good. good. Yeah, the, the 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 only thing I've seen was the uh, at the comic shop, every couple weeks they were like putting out little preview booklets of the all-new Marvel Now stuff coming out. But a lot of it was just pages with either unfinished art or there was art with no thought, like word bubbles or anything. So it was just the art. And every time I would see the Iron Fist pages, it was just like the same three pages and it was just doesn't do anything for me, but there was no words or anything. It was just the art and just him like running down the side of a building with ninjas attacking him and stuff. But yeah. And how about the, I thought overall, there's a couple things that really grabbed my attention. One is the fact that halfway through the fight, the Iron Fist fizzles out and he's not sure why. Like mm-hmm. right before the girl comes. So there's something wrong in Kung Loon that affects maybe, is it, could, is it affecting his powers? Is it affecting his personality? Is that why he's so depressed? And yeah. then, you know, you kind of think of Iron Fist as somebody who just, his fist closed and he punches people. But when he, like, does that prodigious leap, like, to a skyscraper and through the way cleaves the helicopter in half with his fist, you're like, who is this guy? And why is he not more important in the Marvel U? Like, it was definitely a new direction for the character. Yeah, and that's what they never, that's what they never get, at least what I've read. Like, that kind of stuff was just, like, this guy's hyper amazing. You know what I mean? He's, he's superhuman, whereas before he was just kind of going through life as a ninja. And, and it was cool because he hates ninjas. He says he doesn't like ninjas. He's got nothing but problems with ninjas. But his the way Carr Andrews like paneled out the fight scenes and stuff, it was just he was so much more in this issue than you think he is in the past. Yeah. Great stuff. I'm stunned. Yeah. Stunned at Did these you? Iron Fist comments. I remember I just actually just listened to the Hush episode where you had talked about you were dropping Captain America mm. for budgetary reasons oh, and now essentially Iron Fist is replacing Cap. Yeah, I don't know how what, to react to this. What world do we live in? 
Do you have any response to the dropping I, cap and now adding Iron Fist? I don't have a response. I mean, I'm I'm a man who who likes different things, and With you know, a man's like, courage. I only have so much money to. Yep. I don't. I just. I usually just buy anything I want. You're right, but a point will come. A point comes with everything that I just I have to drop and try new things. I have to. Two sentences or less. I'm sorry. We're running out of tape. We're running late. Out of time. Two sentences or less. Another book that we read. Jonesy loves beer. I read a different sort of book called Archer Co. And The Thousand Natural Shocks by Oni Press. Uh, And essentially is the story of a mentalist whose powers are actually real in his recruitment by a shadowy organization. A thumbs up for price and readability. <laughs> Another great Gen Z pull quote in the back of that book. <laughs> Dust jacket. Thumbs up for readability. Dust jacket. <laughs> quote all over that thing. Batman Eternal. Numero uno. Something shocking has happened to James Gordon. What is it? And will you tag along weekly? (laughs) Question mark. Lightning. (laughs) (laughs) Nightcrawler number one. Chris Claremont, Todd Nauk. Nightcrawler number one reads like a Chris Claremont book. This is the episode where I reveal I'm dropping Nightcrawler. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Spider-Man Family Business, Marvel Comics OGN, Mark Wade, James Robinson have done it on this OGN. Jonesy, what is this? What is it? So the kingpin of crime is on the lamb. You know, his empire's falling apart. He's out of the country trying to stir some stuff up in Europe. And uh, he goes and he kidnaps a mentalist. I just like saying the word mentalist this episode. Uh, He captures a psychic who can read minds and also, uh, much like my management, impress his own thoughts and memories on other people. Mm -hmm. At the same time, simultaneously in New York, uh, Peter Parker is attacked in his home by some foot soldier type swap people. And he is saved by none other than his sister. So he goes on a wild James Bondian adventure as Peter Parker, not so much Spider-Man with his alleged sister trying to discover the mystery of their super spy parents. Don't turn off the show. This is all real and it's all great. And, uh, you know, eventually she discovers his secret that he's the web, webbed wall crawler. And he gives, uh, you know, he gets a new version of his black suit for an excellent climax in, uh, in uncovering a secret weapon that was shuttered by his father. And let's just say that his identity, identity gets revealed and concealed <laughs> in some crazy ways. And he doesn't have a sister. Family business. Mark Wade. He is a genius. Opinion spoilers. Jonesy loves beer. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize that Mark Wade wasn't the sole writer on this book until I read it. James Robinson had a hand in this. Yeah, you always wonder what the partnership is, what the workload is for each guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not only that, but Gabrielle Del Otto wasn't the sole artist. There was another cat that did 
kind of loose pencils that he painted over. Dale underscore, this is your boy, this is your wheelhouse, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, we're back, first time since Craven's Last Hunt, one of the greatest books ever written. Good lord, yes. What did you think? Uh, well, I can, it was no Craven's Last Hunt, but there's not much what that is. is, am I right? What is? This, as a whole total package, I have great feelings about. Um, this was an OGN original graphic novel. This is not released as single issues. This is put out as one total package that somebody could just go and buy and read a good Spider-Man story. And I think it was executed pretty darn greatly. I mean, um, what you're getting is a complete story in 100 pages, 95 pages or so. And the, uh, the Del Otto art is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I think this is... This is a story that works well for somebody who doesn't pick up Spider-Man comics or somebody who doesn't pick up comics and would like something complete. Whereas, you know, if they're paranoid to pick up Superior number 28, 29, what's this? In a number of, you know, a string of a six-issue arc or something, it's it's admittedly overwhelmingly and that, overwhelming and that's like, a, you know, it's a known thing whether you believe in it or not. Um, but they really did a great job with this book. I mean, I got I bought the hardcover and uh, came with a Shocker. free digital copy. And uh, they, it was great. The, the design is great. And Del Otto, it, the color choices in his paints, it's uh, fantastic. I mean, it's, mm. it's nothing like... It, it's a great comic story and something you could totally believe would be in a five or six issue story arc in a comic but it's all contained in one thing i mean there's nothing super outlandish about this you know with the spoilers i probably to try to drum up um interest in the book was that peter parker was going to have a sister which turns out to be spoilers spoilers right spoilers which turns out to be true for three quarters of the book and then you know come to find out it's just mentallo effing with this lady to be to believe that she's the sister of Peter Parker, who then finds out Spider Man and stuff, and it's got the same pacing as uh, a comic. I like how you know they're trying to get a they're trying to get a pretty ambitious story in you in ninety five pages, but it's it works it works well. You know the pacing. There's a lot. The beginning of it is like super fast paced. I mean he's he's off to Monte Carlo with this lady in the first five pages of the book. But you know, he slows things down and it's like let's 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 just slow things down. Do I, you know, who's my sister? Do I have a sister? And uh, and that kind of stuff. I thought this graphic novel read like the two episode mini movie that you would find in a Peter Parker Spider-Man live action television show. Like it read like 2 hours of episodic television you know, a jump out of the status quo to have this side adventure, yeah, with all these kind of Easter eggs sprinkled in, and then return you to the status quo after being on a wild ride. And usually, I, I for me, that kind of stuff falls flat. Like, I don't really like that. You know, I like something with consequences, and, you know, I'm not too interested in, in just going back to formula, but... I loved the ride I was taken on by Mark Wade and James Robinson. I thought the story was snappy. I thought the art was incredible. Oh, yeah. And uh, mm. I, when he puts on that black suit and those watercolors, I mean, that, you know, I, which thre is, I threshed all over uh, my which, living room. I'll tell you right now. Which was like total fan service for the book. I Absolutely. mean, let's just get the black suit in the graphic novel for people who haven't read Spidey recently. And for they S's might, and G's. You, people like who don't even read Spider-Man think the black suit is the coolest suit ever. So let's just stick it in there and have Gabriel Delato paint it, which is fantastic. No, well, Slim... Slim, what what about what do you yeah, think? Can I can I jump in at any Sorry, point here? We're, we're, Jeez, Louise, threshing twenty four seven all over Gabriel Delato. I mean, his art—he should never stop drawing Spider-Man with those little beady eyes, beady oh. mask eyes that he draws. Um, I thought it was super interesting that he did 
the paints, but he didn't do pencils. I never, I don't think I've ever seen him do that before. But he did a brief run on Avengers, or he did like an Avengers point one when Bendis was still doing it, mm-hmm. and he did pencils. It wasn't paints. Mm. Um, so if you can get your hands on it, do give it a look. It's very strange. It's like it's essentially his stuff, but just not painted. It looks very weird. But I could kind of see that. Or at least in my head, I knew that it wasn't him penciling it. So while I was reading it, I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is how he would draw Peter's face. Because I remember how he drew Peter in Secret War 2. Or the was it just Secret War? Him and Bendis, which I thought was phenomenal. But it was it's super interesting reading an OGN that's like 90-ish pages. I guess like four issues, really. So being a monthly comic reader, I was like, I wonder when this issue would have ended or I wonder if this would have been the page break for issue one or when she revealed that she was his sister and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I liked it, but I didn't, I don't, I don't know. It still feels like, I can't remember if we've done another OGN. Did we do another OGN before the Marvel stuff? Did we ever do a season one or something? We might've done a season one or I might've talked about a season one, but it feels like I liked it, but it wasn't like for me, like, this would have been really cool for someone that maybe doesn't read monthly books. And I don't know. I just, I liked it. I liked it a lot, but it wasn't something like, you know, I'm going to be stoked about or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to pinpoint it, but the stuff with Kingpin was cool. I mean, Gabriel Del Otto's art is just something to behold. I have like a, I have this canvas work of his, of a secret invasion variant in my apartment. Um, this dynamite that. that was like on that wholesale website. Yeah, or I got it for like a hundred bucks, where it was like three hundred or something. And um, I thought the writing was good. I just as a as a comic fan myself, I felt like being distracted that it was an OGN I had two writers and two pencilers, and that's just kind of I guess the monthly nerd in me. Mm-hmm. But I did like it, and I I thought it was odd that she would take the time to make a black costume but not make him a replacement red and blue costume. <laughs> like, yeah. You have the ability to just make him a new costume. Why would you be strange about it and make him a black costume? Where, you know, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Didn't take me out of it because it looked gorgeous. Yes. It, it sure did, but I, sh- I definitely paused and be like, why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. And kind of an overarching plot with the parents, like Peter's parents are like these hot S spies. I actually, while reading it, I know it's a longstanding storyline in, in his character, but I was kind of bummed out that that's, that it was a prominent thing. Spider-Man is, is supposed to be the every man relatable character for nerds everywhere. And we all relate to him, but I can't relate to a guy that has super spies as parents. Yeah, whether they left I'll, him or not. I'll soft agree with you on that. Thank you. Thank you. And I kind of wish that that storyline just went away. Like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. And I know it's kind of in the movies, but I don't... Spider-Man is supposed to be me, you know, right. but I don't need a, I don't need a set of parents that are, you know, awesome super spies and hold big guns and save the planet. I don't want that. I'm not for my Spider-Man. And I thought it was super interesting that they brought that into the OGN, which is supposed to be geared towards kind of non-readers and maybe create new Spider-Man fans. But that was kind of the the takeaways that I had. I I kind of yeah I I guess I would soft agree as well. But I I think it was nice that for Peter. I mean, it wasn't nice that you know his parents are dead and whatever. He got he's he's with Uncle Ben and all, but. He wasn't really sentimental towards his parents at all, which is kind of cool. He's like, yeah, they're super spies, but who are they to me kind of thing. That was his attitude, which mm-hmm. was kind of cool throughout the thing. But I I could get behind it because it's a comic trope or a comic storyline, whether it's ever used again or, or whatever. It's It was used as a plot device, and, and it, it was what it was. And especially t- for... You know, it's kind of like the linchpin for him possibly having a sister to begin with or whatever.
But the OGN, I think, I, I just approve of it overall. I know the season ones were a big hat that Marvel threw into the ring, but it's we were just reading um, Matt Kent last week on um, Mind Management. how One of the biggest episodes we've ever had. Phew. Spoilers. Already. Spoilers. Um, Matt Kent, in his little letter column, was saying how you know, he's a, he's not a monthly comics guy. He would read everything in chunks if he could. So this is just like a Marvel, I mean, further experimentation with that market because they did the Endless Wartime and they got the, uh, the Spider-Man family business and then the X-Men book is coming out. And it's all kind of experimenting with hardcover OGNs that tell a complete story that might have, you know, a quality writer and artist attached. And it's just another method for them to kind of tap into this market that's not just monthly comics collected. Hmm. I pr- and I approve of that experimentation. I'm, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I approve of the experimentation, and I am anxious to read that X-Men. Um, <laughs> did he, did Del Otto do that um, X-Force mini? Oh, yeah. Where uh, Wolverine was. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting heal- his healing factor tended to. <laughs> I think the only Wolverine miniseries that I've ever read where he is getting uh, blow jade at the oh last word. page. <laughs> Can I say blow jade on this podcast? You are know. off the hook this episode. I love it. <laughs> we should prepare you a cocktail for the next episode. Oh, good lord. I I mean, his his art is unbelievable. He draws Wolverine... With like weird, funky sideburns that like hang around his face. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was interesting too in this OGN where Kingpin like discovered Peter Parker's identity. I thought that was like a weird, <laughs> interesting thing for an OGN too. Like the, in a, this is essentially its own universe, but uh, Kingpin now knows Peter Parker's secret identity. But at the end, he is just kind of wandering the desert doing his own thing he looked great i mean yeah with the white suit and the the flashy red shirt that just totally contrasted against his suit and his skin oh my god amazing that hawaiian shirt was like the most genius pairing (laughs) yes it was in the history of ogns how about the uh sketches in the back where they showed the process of the pencils versus the paints did you page through those pages? Yes, out? gorgeous, gorgeous stuff to see the finished product compared to the pencils. That really, I mean, when people talk about comic art, it really is art. I mean, that kind of talent to take somebody's image and enhance it or create your own image that, just gorgeous stuff. I mean, this book was gorgeous from cover to cover. Yeah, no who doubt. does Who does the art for the... Um, x-men og and that's coming out next do you remember um let me look it up while you talk I think it I, might be it's a no- it might be la roca yeah you that's might be sal right. la roca late running late tonight 53 minutes big already big night for you oh my god let's just go right into the letters i got big it queued up everybody. i'm ready you got the audio queued up no no just the letter itself we got your letters I'm going to open them up. Congratulations to Slim and you, you. Letters at paperkeg.com. If you shoot us a letter, we might read it on the era. Our first letter is entitled, If You Will. Boys. Right off the bat, I have to reiterate that your Mind Management Book Club segment was sublime. Made me want to love again. Question. Do reoccurring host filler words or phrases ever turn you off from listening to and enjoying podcasts? I recently started listening to a video game podcast mistake, and as much as I dig it, I can't get past the host using the same phrases a hundred times an episode. Got under my uh, got under my skin so hard, I had to stop listening. Ever happened to you? Can't wait to embrace jo- embrace Jonesy after his 2014 FCBD poop, Andrew. <laughs> 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 
We did meet fact. the first time in person after I uh, abused Poop. their facilities. Oh my gosh! At, at the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware. That's peace. true. That's do true. they even have a bathroom? They do. It's uh, for only. It's only for me. It's a secret compartment. You go through that TARDIS. You're taken into a large executive bathroom. Jones, they don't have a bathroom. It, uh, I don't know what you did there. It was a bathroom, but after Jonesy got done with it, it looks like a, just a toilet smash with a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> I I often wonder if we say too many. F- so what Andrew's comment was filler words or filler phrases? I can't. I think he means both words or phrases. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we say a lot of words often. We do, but yeah, eventually, but I, I we feel re- like eventually we retire. We retire them after like ten or fifteen episodes, and then we come up with something new. Well, every time I listen back to an old episode, I laugh at things that we used to say, and then for whatever reason, retired. Colombian, just to uh, upset uh, just Dave. I used to say that he doesn't listen. <laughs> Nobody know. even knows what Colombian means. That's how That's long ago we retired that phrase. Ago. <laughs> um. Yeah, th- there are things on podcasts that I will let get to me, and I'll just, I just have to clean break with it. Like a couple, couple ones, I will like suffer through it, and just like, you know, you just m- make a smarmy face every time they do it because you know it's coming and you know it gets under your skin. But eventually, you just gotta, you just gotta stop for whatever reason. It, it gets under your skin. You just gotta stop it for your own mental health. You're not having fun listening to it. Hopefully, that's not ever the case with paper keg but it might be it could be we might be totally total j i mean pete jonesy people. has been voted least popular host i mean we know that that is a fact by the numbers the numbers are in <laughs> i'm awful you, you made a face like you were sucking on a Werther's right there no i'm good say ah jonesy what is your top three podcasts you're listening to right oh now? man fresh oh. <laughs> um how did this get made i always listen to uh, for some reason, I'm coming back to the Nerdist. He's a big fan, Zukas. Oh, Jason ah, Manzukas, yeah. one He's of the greatest men of our days. And uh, what else do I listen to with great frequency? You know, I listen to our friend show, so I'm haphazard to put them in a top three because you know, like, why do you like my show better than his show or whatever? <laughs> um, let's see. So, how did this get made? Is probably my favorite that I that I have to listen to, like the day it comes out. And uh, I also love Radiolab. I don't know if you guys listen to that still, but mm-hmm. that is one of the greatest shows to ever grace mine ears. <laughs> Dale underscore you? A podcast bad boy. Top three podcasts that don't, don't make you pull your hair out. Are you even able to give a list right now? You can say know. no, it's fine. Yeah, no. no, he can't. He can't do it. He doesn't want to offend anybody. It's fine. How did this get made? Number one podcast of all time. I'm going to have to soft agree with you there. Uh, Alec Baldwin's podcast. I have like 30 episodes backlogged. Oh, uh, what's the what's the deal or what's it called? That's a great show too. I don't think it's called What's the Deal. <sighs> I can't remember what's called. <laughs> but that's a great podcast. <laughs> what's the deal with Alec Baldwin? Do what's the deal? Um, I have it. I'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, he uh, does but, great interviews. He's a great interviewer. You know? He's a great man. He has a lot of problems with paparazzo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want to punch his babies. His first episode, I think he told a story where some teenagers were making fun of him, and they both had their windows down. So he had like a full Starbucks iced coffee, <laughs> and they, they, made, they made some joke about 30 Rock, and he launched the iced coffee through the windows <laughs> into the cab of their car, laughed at them, and sped off. And I was like, this man's the real effing deal. I got to listen to this show more often. Here's the thing. That's what it's called. Here's the thing. What's the thing? Here's the thing. There we go. I mean, I think he probably has huge anger issues, but I often wonder what kind of issues I would have if I was followed around by paparazzi yeah, really? and was unable to walk down the street by myself. You'd be a Jonesy-level rage monster. You'd want to press charges, too. I'd want to press charges on Jonesy all the time. And we don't live in the same state. I'd still put you in jail. <laughs> what a show. Good one, guys. It what feels show. good. You know what we used to say a lot? The wind column. And you know what this episode is in? The said wind column. Mm. Brought it back. Alleged. 
alleged win column. We retire things for a reason, Gen Z. Just throwing it out there. Gen Z just faded way back <laughs> like a star, extinguishing its light four billion light years away. Fading. And the light's just the, now reaching your sweet face, Dale Hunter. Is that a Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson? <laughs> Cosmos. Subtweet drink. Dracula Gen Z star. Is fierce. Gen Z is fierce right now. The living Dracula star. <laughs> I just a Twitter snark <laughs> gets to me in ways that I just can't fully communicate. You you gotta put the phone down and you gotta go walk around your house. That's what you gotta do when you Sometimes get that. Sometimes my hands on my hips like <sighs> We got a big show next week, guys. Jesus. Oh my god. Big show. How about episode one fifty? Right around the corner. It's close. We're Three away. Three weeks. Oh, gosh. I gotta start, start reading. reading. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. to Slim for peep, keeping it together because his dead drunk eyes if some if you guys you just tune into YouTube his eyes are three quarters shut he I don't even know how he's keeping it together right now his room has to be spinning because he is sleeping yet awake how are you doing he's breathing we just, heavy we just gotta do it for the team Amazon be editing out my heavy breathing <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. Like, edit out my dead eyes for the dead podcast. When, I just can't. for the for the group. Just put quarters over your eyes. So you're, you no, guys you're just toast. texting each other the whole show about no. how dead eyed I was. <laughs> I saw you looking at your phones, chuckling, chuckle hunting. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on your flop sweat? <laughs> it's hot. I'm wearing a long <laughs> sleeve shirt right now, uh, and I'm exquisitely drunk. Exquisite. Yes, you are. All right. Hashtag flop sweat. I mean, <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. It just, I mean, then you're like, I didn't, I had to keep talking at times because you're, I don't know if you're, I didn't know if you're like <laughs> photoshopping my face onto something. You were totally engrossed in your phone or iPad for such a long time, chuckling. It wasn't even that long, though. It I was, don't think it was know. regular. No it was regular Dale length. I don't have any concept of time right now. <laughs> Regular Dale length. I mean, Jonesy could have easily interjected at any point that he wanted. He's I another kinda, host on the show. I kind of like watching you space out for like four to five seconds at a clip. I snorted at one point. You ignored it. You were so drunk. Oh, I can't believe I missed a snort. Jonesy's just avoiding the door because uh, scary German guy's knocking on it, and the Monster Squad's coming around the corner. They're coming <laughs> to get him any minute now. He's got to get down the swamp and... Uh, that actually gives me an idea for Photoshop. <laughs> oh, I might need great. to do some Jonesy Loves Beer, Salem's Lot, window scene. Uh, thanks, Dale. Thank you. I mean, oh, God. madness. Comes, I Absolute mean, madness. That's what I'm going to be doing tonight before <laughs> I pass out on my own laptop, drooling on a Photoshop of Jonesy and Salem's Lot. Dead eyes. You just see the reflection of the your project in your glasses. Dead eyes behind them. Oh, what a show Great, Great show. stuff What a show <laughs> So cynical So cynical <laughs> What is our next book club On our huge doc Our mega doc Let's announce it Let's get Do into it Do we want to announce it? Yeah let's Do you have it Do you have it open? I'm pulling it up And we're going to announce oh, it Oh god babe Babe uh, Next book club You ready for this? It's, it's, no, it's, give it to me 
it's, it's we're putting it out there. Google Docs is working. Quotes, quote unquote. Oh yeah, severed. Whoa! By the maestro himself, Scott Snyder. So get your um, Amazon accounts updated. <laughs> buy it digitally. Buy it through the uh, comic book shop's digital storefront. Buy it from your local comic book shop. You know what kind of a jerk I am right now? Somebody gifted me Severed on Comics. And you never redeemed it? No, I redeemed it. And I, I, th- I hope to God I thank that person on an episode right after. If not, I apologize. Yeah, it's only 100 episodes later. They're probably still listening. <laughs> I might want to say Ramsden did it. Severed just came out when you got Some, it. Uh, somebody gifted me Severed, and it was great. And I thank that person from the bottom of my heart. Maybe somebody who worked at Comixology could find that out for me. Maybe that was when you uh, were living, your previous living life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I have not retained 100% of my memories before since my the, death and, and this rebirth. This was pre-undead. Undead. <laughs> Jonesy loves beer. Yeah. It's all through a veil, all through a cobweb of memory. This, you this know. was before Jonesy could uh, levitate in front of your bedroom window and <laughs> and knock on it <laughs> with his and, freaky finger claws. <laughs> and I can and, get into a, a fog <laughs> and just going through your air and vents. And turn into a bat in. and then leave. And, and hypnotize Amanda Bears with his big Dracula eyes. Big old... <laughs> oh my God, if I had any iota of video skills... I would take the dance scene oh, in Fright Night. Yes. Do you remember the Dracula, yes. the vampire in Fright Night with that? That dance scene is one of the greatest movie scenes of the 80s. Fog everywhere. I would put Jonesy's head on his face during that entire dance scene. Oh, my. I got to watch Fright Night tonight. Jonesy and Amanda Bears and her big nightmare mouth <laughs> at the end. We should all we should all just do an episode on Fright Night. Let's talk about it right now. Fright loosely Night based movie on, episode. Yeah. <laughs> loosely based on my life story. Right, <laughs> which severed. is six degrees of paper keg. <laughs> oh God. I'd like just you just YouTube that dancing. If you can. <laughs> if you're free, Google Fright Night Dancing, your life will change irrevocably. Chris Sarandon. Jonesy. <laughs> Jonesy's face. <laughs> Absolute uh, gold. 